All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Barrett. How are you, sir? Bonus episode. We didn't do one of these last week. We had just conflicting schedules. My kid uh, went to the ER and then was sick all week. Fortunately, just to the ER because it was Sunday. If it had been Monday, we probably could have taken him to his regular pediatrician, but he needed a steroid injection. He has the croup, or he had the croup, and he just could not breathe, and that's what put him in the hospital a year and a half ago. So, yeah. uh Makes us kind of flinchy when when he starts. If you've never heard uh, that croupy cough, it's like <laughs> sounds like a seal, and you see yeah. his little lungs trying to get air. And so, yeah, that last week yeah. was just a big old mess. We couldn't hook up, but we're here now. Indeed, we are. And you said you have stuff that you have, are interested in talking about. I have ideas and thoughts. Why don't you go first? And oh, we, man. to the dear listeners, uh, if anyone's out there. We did agree beforehand, like, do you want to know what I want to talk about? And we both agreed, no, let's keep it a surprise to see organic responses instead of mm. thought-out sort of contrived responses. Like, like we, we gave each other a problem to solve and we did it beforehand, and now we sound really smart because we have insightful answers. Let's, let's sound stupid. Let's get put on the spot. Is what wow. We agreed. Okay. Man. All right. Well, let me think about this. I don't even know where to begin the concept because it's like a it's a whole lot of things that all tie into a couple of things which are oddly rooted in Christianity and the way that kind of Christianity has shaped our mindset, even for people who claim not to be Christians. You know, because it shapes. It's like people like bass players who say, "Well, I'm not influenced by Jocko." Yeah, but you're influenced by 10 people who are, so it's the same thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like that's kind of what religion has done in this country. It has shaped all the minds of the TV shows, the songs, the, the, the culture, the history books, you know what I mean? Like, it shaped so much of it that even if you claim not to be Christian, it doesn't really matter because it just means you don't go to church, but your sense of right and wrong and morality and all that other shit is generally based on some biblical stuff. Oh, Okay. That that's my that's my sense. All right, so man, I, I I really don't know where to begin this whole thing. All right, so I'm just gonna start talking about it. I I heard the other day that one of the reasons why soldiers get PTSD is because they're confronted with their own ability to be and do horrific things like to be horrific people do you know what i mean like you grow up with this idea of morality and good and bad and right and wrong and how good people do this and bad people do this and that's the way your thinking has been colored for most of your life right and then somebody takes you at 18 puts a gun in your hand trains you for a couple of years you be hanging out with your buddy shooting pool doing stuff doing whatever army people do when there's no war i, I have no idea what army soldiers do when there's no war right but then somebody sends you overseas let's say you're 23 24 years old somebody sends you overseas and you start getting shot at and you start shooting people and you kill people and you like hand-to-hand combat you like just gory gory stuff right and you're confronted with the fact that you're a good person but you just did all of these horrific things and for many people, it just makes them snap, right? Not legitimately, obviously. And again, I'm not a psychologist, nor have I ever served in the military. This is just something that I heard that 
sent me down a thought exercise path. You know what I mean? Okay, so, what was the source? Uh, it was a psychologist who has treated a bunch of PTSD people. You know okay. what I mean? So, I mean, this, so it's a source that probably knows what he's talking about. But, again, I didn't hear it firsthand, you know? Um, so, I started thinking about that. And I, I came to the conclusion that I think that it's it it comes down to, again, some of these basic beliefs about morals and good and bad and all this other stuff. And what it what dawned on me is my belief now is that we are all of those things, right? Every one of us has inside of us a killer, a mass murderer, a horrible, horrific person who would do the most vile and debased things to humanity. And then we also have someone inside of us that will do amazing things and cure cancer and so forth and so on, right? Like, I know those are extremes, but I think that we have to learn to allow for that stuff to be part of our lives, right? Like, the knowledge that you are, that you have the capacity to be a bad person is not bad to know it's actually good to know because there are times in your life where you will have to be able to to do something that requires the kind of aggression that can only be summoned up with a certain amount of anger to defend yourself your family your whatever do you know what I mean whatever it is and I think that if you don't know how to access that part of yourself, you put yourself in a really vulnerable position. And I, I say that because I've, I grew up fundamentally believing that good people didn't yell, scream, fight, whatever, right? We're not mean and all this other stuff. And so people would take advantage of me and somehow like, like Jesus, I thought it was somehow noble to get nailed up on the cross and be tortured by people. I mean, metaphorically, obviously, right? But, you know, I thought that was somehow a reasonable, noble thing to do. And I think that's ridiculous. I think, yes, right, in the words of Buddha and all kinds of stuff, life is suffering. And, yeah, I think that Christ will show people how to suffer with dignity. But... I don't think that the point is to is to allow the suffering to continue nonstop. Do you know what I mean? And for me, I had a real inability to summon up the amount of aggression needed to defend myself or to fight for what I believed in for myself even. Do you know what I mean? Largely, I think because I felt like I was I'm hyper aware of the fact that there's a bad person living inside of me and a good person and a mediocre person and a fucking lazy shitbag and an amazingly hardworking philanthropist. You know what I mean? All of those things are within me. But somehow, because of my, my Christian upbringings, and I wasn't even raised Christian, but because of that kind of Christian moral center, I believe that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. And fundamentally, I know that I'm a bad person, right? And so I don't think I allowed for good things to happen to myself. I also think I allowed people to do things 
that were not right to me because it was like a way of penance because I'm aware, I've been hyper aware since I was a kid that there's a fucking monster in me. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't mean that like, but I think there's one in everybody. I guess that's my point, right? So anyway, I'm not making any sense and I'm kind of rambling, but it's all, but do you see how it's all kind of connected to the same shit? Does that make sense? It it is, but you've got me now going ten million different ways. Right. <laughs> I, right, okay, I, see if I can right, jump in yeah, and make I, sense. I'm, I'm going to stop talking, and you. Everyone's just talk. probably turned off by now, so it's just a conversation <laughs> of just you and I. Like everyone, anyone that might have been listening is like, "All right, I'm fucking moving on. I don't, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about." First of all, you make me think of Chinatown and the end of Chinatown. Um, okay. that popped into head. You remember that? Not at when, all. Uh, uh, when right before the end is when Jack Nicholson finds out that the daughter being protected, the granddaughter is also the daughter that, uh, John Houston fucked his daughter and got her pregnant. And he makes a comment like you did, uh, saying that you don't know what evil is in men until you just let it out. Yeah. Uh, and you took it to an extreme. You're saying that there is a murderer in all of us. There is a, and I don't want to disagree with that. I do, but there is because you know someone tries to harm my family. Absolutely, I will kill them in self-defense. Like, I don't think there's a murderer in everybody, in the sense that we all just want to find out what it's like to kill everybody, kill someone, but we just keep it in check. Like, oh, you know, if right. I could kill a hobo and get away with that, I would. Oh, right. I think okay. that's. Sure. beyond rare sure right but i, I right. do that's not I, I i what i mean is i think we all have the capacity that's what i should say we all have the capacity to do extremely horrible things and the capacity to do extremely amazing things do you yeah. know what i mean like we're not just these like single-celled organisms that have one thing and good and bad is not as as polarized as we think it is do you know what i mean that's what i'm saying essentially but anyway, continue. Um, I, I, I had a thought regarding soldiers, and I'm not sure if I want to go down that path because it's not really what we're talking about, but it just having spent time around the military, not being military myself, I, I had some horrible insight into what you were saying there about PTSD and the fact that, you know, I talked to soldiers who had to do patrol after, after a gun, after a battle, they would have to do uh, sweep up and do eye taps where they would just walk from body to body and tap the eye with the muzzle of their gun, their rifle, and if the person flinched, boom, they had to fire right there and through the eye socket to kill them. And it's like that, you want to talk about Jesus getting PTSD, Christ. that's going to give it to you right there. Right. And I talked to a lawyer, I talked to a military lawyer who um, we were, we were uh, going on a drive and he was representing, I think, a 19 year old kid who was on trial for something you didn't read about in the news. You read about certain soldiers that went on rampages and shot up villages and killed women and children. And every so often that would make the news, but it happened a lot, not, you know, like every day, but it happened enough to where it didn't always make the news. And he was representing a soldier who had done that, who uh, a soldier got killed. He wigged out and went after the entire village or as many as he could get before he was subdued. And, he was completely emotionally shut down. He was just like, well, they killed my guy, I killed them. Like, he just looked at it as us and them, enemy. And he was like a robot. The guy, the lawyer representing him said that, you know, you take an 18-year-old kid, you give him a gun and say, you kill people, and that's too young to 
process that. So you just do what you're told. And so that, that, that popped into my mind, but it has little to do with where we should go considering neither of us have been in the military. All that I can offer is sympathy and empathy. You know, I don't know what it's like to be in that situation. I can only have your reaction and go eye taps. Oh my fucking God. You know, that we tell humans to do that to another human being. And maybe you can, if, if you're on the front line and you see them shooting at you and trying to kill you, you do probably want to go through and make sure they're fucking dead because you're like, that asshole is just fucking shooting at me. Yeah. Anyway. So moving on, going on to being inherently bad. This is something you and I have discussed just in the entire 20 years we've known one another. Uh, more than 20 years, we determined. Jesus Christ. 91, 2001, 2011. Oh, Jesus God, we're old. Um, anyway, the we do beat each other up for our, our you know, we, we talk out our awful thoughts, our horrible thoughts. We want to be good, but... You know, we see someone we don't like, I'm like, fuck that guy, he's a fucking asshole. Well, if I think an evil, angry thought toward him, then karma means that evil, angry thought's going to come back on me. All right, everybody's just different. Sure, he was a dick, but I'll let it go because, you know, I don't want to get wrapped up in negativity. But we do see negativity survive and succeed and do well. And this brings it into what I wanted to talk about today, which is what we talked about on our last bonus podcast when you and I talked you challenged me in a very good way. I was complaining about the system being unfair and corrupt, and you said, well, if you know it's corrupt, then why don't you challenge it at that level? Like, okay, if it's looking for Twitter followers, buy a Twitter Twitter bot and beef up your numbers. Why don't you play it the game at the levels it's being played at? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm sad and angry and confused, and I've made a decision, and decisions can be changed. This is not set in stone. I am not saying definitively this is my life, but it is the way I've always acted, and maybe I should challenge that and act differently, but the decision I kind of came to is I, I don't want to cheat. It's, it's almost like would you rather cheat and win or fail nobly? And I don't want to be a martyr either, like you talked about. I don't want to decry the, decry the system and say, woe is me, and, and I did my best. And, but at the same time, I also don't want to cheat the system. I, I would rather fail on my own terms than lie and do well. And I don't like that. Like, I, part of me thinks maybe I should cheat just because I've never done it before and because I don't like it. Maybe I should do something different. And then I had this happen, and this is where I will throw it back to you in one second. I, over the last week, had something happen that has happened before. I posted a joke on Reddit. It went to number one. It got uh, almost 16,000, 17,000 people upvoting it. 89% of users liked it, which is a high percentage. Uh, overall, one hundred and over almost 200,000, I forget the actual numbers, um, you know, a lot of people saw it. You know, 16,000 people gave it thumbs up, uh, whatever. That means several, 3,000 gave it a thumbs down. But over like uh, 200,000 people at least clicked on it, looked at it, and moved on with their life. And this has happened to me before where I had a, I made a joke, it went viral, and a buddy of mine in 
Seattle texted me and said, dude, I'm at a restaurant and there are people talking about your joke. And I'm like, I know that comedian. They're like, get the fuck out of here. I had my sister-in-law just text me saying, hey, someone just forwarded me your joke. And I'm like, that's my brother-in-law. And they're like, that's your brother-in-law. That's a great joke. I've had these things happen. I wrote an article uh, that got put on Huffington Post. And it went so viral that for a year after I was getting emails uh, saying that, oh, your post has been updated and posted in the Netherlands in Dutch. It's been translated to Japanese and posted in Japan. It's been posted in Germany. It's been posted in Italy. I mean, South Africa, it went huge. I've had these huge viral phenomenon. And it didn't make a goddamn difference. Last week was the first time I ever, like, I'd noticed what was happening in the past. But last week, I finally did a one-to-one comparison where I'm like, okay, this joke is being seen by 200,000 people. 15,000 people are voting on it saying that we really like this joke. And I gained three Twitter followers. It's like they literally looked at it and my articles that go viral and people that pass it and say, this is the best thing ever. And that's where it ends. And that's where I get confused is, does that mean, like when I, when I hear a song I like or see a comedian I like, or something, I follow up. I'm like, oh, well, let's see what's going on with that person, that artist. And that means either people, and I'm, I'm not whining and complaining, like, why don't they follow me? But it is interesting to see that I have these things that get out there and it doesn't make a dent in anything, which means either they, they don't care enough to follow or worse, they look me up, they look at my website and go, eh, moving on. I like that one joke. Or I like that one article. I mean, and I think, so... I mean, I think it's more than that, but, well, continue. Uh, no, I think that's where I was going to end, is the two decisions. It's like, I could... You talk about good and evil and bringing all of that out and acknowledging our evil side, uh, but I don't want to acknowledge my evil side by cheating But I did notice that you talk about buying Twitter bots and gaining more followers. I've gone viral. I've had things go huge, but there's still something lacking. So I don't, there's a disconnect somewhere. And that, Mm. so hopefully that did wrap it into what you were talking about. I'm not sure I did. Maybe I did. You did. It it wraps into all of it in some way. I mean, I'll connect it because, you know, that's what I do. You know. Mr. Tangent. Um, okay, first I will say this. I will say that that one of the biggest things that I think is a problem with this whole, like, uh, good, bad, this, that, whatever. We've talked about this before. Democrat, Republican, whatever. Burger King, McDonald's. We live in a world of duality where, in general, we generally tend we tend to polarize things in general, right? Like, it's hard polarize to... Polarize, or do you mean... This like, or the other. Well, yeah, like we black we and white. To, we tend to think in binary terms, right? Right. And 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 so when you look at the options, you think, well, it's either this or this. Either they they're not interested enough in me, or they uh, looked it up and they, you know, aren't interested after they saw me. But either way, the end result is they're not interested, right? And. I would offer you many, many, many other oper- other <laughs> options in there. One of them being, it could be both, right? Maybe they are interested enough, but maybe <laughs> not, right? It could be both of those things, right? But it could also be that, which is much more likely, oddly enough, it's much more likely that in a sea of noise where they like and favorite and share 30 things a day, 
for you to register as something that they're going to actually invest in, you have to show up more than twice. That's all. That makes sense. Okay. It's, I don't think it's any more complicated than that. Like, I think that when you and I first found out about this magical thing called the interweb, we were like, cool. And one video or one article or one song was enough. You could build a whole life off of that, right? But now it's just not like that. It's just well, I have had several. Like I've had this happen several times, but it you know it's such it's so it's such a big ocean out there that it's probably happening right. off multiple platforms. But right. you know, I mean, one well, thing goes viral and gets seen by a million people. The next thing goes viral and gets seen by one million different people. Right, exactly, and I think that that's kind of what it is. Right, it's also a matter of, all right. So you had an article, then now what? It's right. Like I released that single a couple of months ago. And for a month and a half, I had a lot of real, like, excitement and all kinds of stuff. Now, this shit was, like, a month and a half, two months. It was December 1st, right? December 1st, I think it came out. Uh, or 5th, one of the two. Um, and literally, it has fallen off because I have to put out another one and then another one and then another one and then another one and then another one. And each one can't be as good as the previous one it has to be better right like each each iteration of what i do has to somehow show some growth right so like for me i if i were i i think if i were you what i might consider is looking at the stuff like you said there's several things you have that went viral i would look at those several things up against all the other stuff i posted and figure out why like, what is it about these two jokes that made them funny? How come this joke got 10,000 likes and this one got 20,000 and this one only got 300, right? Because I think they're all funny. So clearly I'm missing something in this spread, right? Because everything you post you think is funny, right? But some of them are related. Eh, yes to and people. no. I'm not going to lie. Some of my posts and then a little while later I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have posted that. Okay. <laughs> Right. It's like the filler song on an album where you buy an album and you're like, oh, what a great single. Ooh, track two kind of sucks. Right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, I mean, you know, I think part of it is that, you know. I don't post it if I'm like, wow, this is horrible. I should post it. Right, of you know? course. There's enough know. there for me to go, all right, this is good enough. And then yeah. a little while later, you're like, well, yeah, it was good enough, but it wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really, for me, one of the major shifts in my life is realizing that good enough is not good enough. Like, and I got that from uh, Octavia Butler. Uh, she's a, a sci-fi writer. Um, and I, I read some of her stuff years and years and years ago. And um, then I read one of her, like a book that she, like, a book of her short stories where she commented on each short story. And one of the things she said was, whenever she gets to the end of a story and she rereads and goes, yeah, that's good enough, she tears it up and throws it away and starts all over again. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, but that really stuck with me because of how many times I say, oh, this is good enough. You know what I mean? I'm not right. saying that when you say it and when I say it, we mean the same thing because we might not mean the same thing when we say it. But when I say it, it means like I know it's not great. It's not my best work, but I know that it's good enough. And when I really analyze that thought, that should be insulting to the public, right? Because what I'm saying is I know this isn't good, but it should trick the rest of the people. Because they're not as smart as I am. That's really what I'm saying, right? If I really analyze that thought, and which right. means that I'm really an asshole, and maybe the public isn't as stupid as I think they are, and that's why they don't like it. 
Because it's well, not they good are enough, because you know? <laughs> if you look at the top of the music charts, the top of the movie charts, the top of the I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey Part Three just made thirty-eight million dollars. The public's pretty stupid. I you mean, just have to find your segment of it. Right. I mean, but there, but I mean, but but like, but yes. Hey, Trump is president. He got forty some million people to vote for him. There are stupid people out there. There, there are, are also smart people out there that right. support other artists and I mean, other presidential candidates right. and watch other TV shows and see other movies. But I mean, I guess the when I when I think about it, right? Like if we tie this macro micro, right? Sorry, I'm shifting my. It's getting comfortable here in my chair. Um, so if we think uh, macro micro, right? And we tie this into what we're talking about with relationships, right? Like, you know, when when if I am in a relationship, the degree to which my unhappiness is allowed to flourish in that relationship is based on where I put up my boundaries. Do you know what I mean? And so, and and I, I kind of firmly believe, I'll use the word tyranny here, which is a bit of an exaggeration if we're talking about relationships between people, not countries and governments and stuff, but I believe that tyranny will expand to the space you give it, right? So in a relationship, if you don't... Wherever you are emotionally is the kind of relationship you're going to have, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. We talk about that all the time. Right. And so if you're the kind of person, like people who like Fifty Shades of Grey, I haven't seen it, but I've heard enough about it to... And I know the kind... And I know enough people who do like it. And... I'm not saying this like they're bad people or 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 lesser than anybody else, but what I feel like I'll say that a, this is my evil side coming right, out. I will go. honor my evil <laughs> dick side and not hide it, and I will fully say that if you like Fifty Shades of Grey, there's something wrong with you. Even if you use it as an escape, find but something think, else to escape into. But I think See, maybe, there, that's me not being shy about my evil side. Well, exactly. See, you tie it all in. But but I think maybe you're right. Maybe there is something wrong with them, right? But maybe that's the issue, right? Like there is something in, the, and I think that's what it. it let's see, here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna tie it all back in, right? Here's what I think. I think Fifty Shades of Grey gave a lot of American women an opportunity to explore something in a way that was socially acceptable that they'd always wanted to try. But because of their upbringing, largely Judeo-Christian, they felt like that was somehow dirty and unacceptable, so they they didn't allow it out. But then Fifty Shades of Grey came out, and it was like a safe enough kind of thing where they could explore this part of them and not feel like they were asking their husbands to tie them up and beat them and take them to BDSM clubs and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I, well, think I know exactly really what you mean what because you talk, uh, no. you look at the when Pornhub comes out with their their surveys or studies or studies, whatever you want to call it, when they when they, when they talk about who's watching what, you mm-hmm. get to these deep red states, and it's always like gay porn, and you know the the states that are anti-gay are watching more gay porn than anyone else. Or Adam and Eve, the sex toy place, says, oh, yeah, we if you, you do a one-to-one comparison, sure, New York City gets more orders because it's a bigger city, but we send a surprising amount of, you know, dildos and vibrators and butt plugs and anal beads to Georgia, you know, because right. 
they still want that shit there, but they like doing it mail order and they like doing it online where they, you know, in the privacy of their own home. They're not going to walk into a porn store, but, you know, oh, right. a discreet package. They're, they're into some shit. They just can't admit to it. But I think that's uh, that's a byproduct of like it, repression. It's a, yeah. And a byproduct of repression and isolation. Right. Like we don't live in community anymore. You know, like back in the day, like, you know, you read these stories about like the Norman Rockwell times, you know what I mean? And when you read those stories, you look at those pictures, it doesn't matter what demographic of people you're talking about. People lived in community, right? If something happened, you know who did it, right? You know who you could trust. You know who you couldn't trust. The cops walked around the neighborhoods and knew who was a bad kid, who was a good kid, right? Well, they talk about that on The Wire, you know, like uh, policing communities today. They do any downtrodden community that has a police presence where the cops are walking around as opposed to driving around and they're knocking on doors and talking to people sitting on porches, the crime rate drops because, you know, you create a community where if something happens, they're going to talk to the cop that they talked to that passed by as opposed to calling 911 and dealing with the dispatcher. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it, 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 it ties into all kinds of other stuff in just the way, like if you talk about, you know, cross-racial identification and blah, blah, blah. Like, the minute people become part of your world, they become real, which then makes them people you recognize their... You recognize the details about them. Do you know what I mean? Like, as long as you don't... Like, if you never hang out with anybody from, like, any well, other let's, place... Let me interrupt. Let's go back to the, the Deep South where, yeah. you know, I've been to places where... You know, they're anti-gay except for Brad because they grew up with Brad. Now he's one of the good right. ones, you know, right. or exactly. racism. They, you know, the, the guy right. they know, they accept because right. they know him. And he's a good guy, just happens to be gay. But then right. when it comes to gay marriage, oh, can't have them queers marrying. Right. Because exactly. it's out there. It's the outer world. It's the gays they don't interact right. with. They exactly. can't. Right. Yeah, like, right. And then the, the, the hood is just like that, right? Like, there, there's like, when you grow up, there's always like, a dude who was who was gay and everybody knew he was gay and every now and then people would make fun of him but if he went to another neighborhood and somebody fucked with him then our neighborhood would go up over and be like yo you can't be fucking with him and we might even say some ridiculous shit i mean we were children at the time but like yo you can't be fucking with our faggot you know what i mean dumb shit like right, that right but if we didn't mean it like like that we're like yo like don't be fucking with him He's our friend, like, yeah, he's gay and whatever, but he's our boy, so leave him alone. Like, and it was, like, a thing, you know what I mean? Like, because we understood. Now, in reality, my neighborhood wasn't remarkably homophobic, so I don't think it would have mattered. Like, you know, we made fun of, everybody made fun of everybody, and nobody took it personally because it wasn't, there was no malice behind it. It was just the way, oh, well, I can't say that. I can't say that nobody took it personally. That's probably not true. Anyway. Um, <laughs> People always uh, take shit personally. I know, right. But I think that's the big problem. It goes down to what you were saying before about being uh, special, right? Like, I, I don't think... Were we on mic or off mic when you said No, we were off mic for that. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. Right. I'm working on a new comedy bit, uh, and I, I ran it by Barrett. Uh, before we started recording. So come see me live and you'll hear what he's talking about. But yeah, but I think that's it, right? Like, I think that we have this remarkable tendency to take everything personally. Oh, which is what I wanted to tie into what you were saying before about Twitter bots and things like that, right? 
Uh, I think that one of the we do eventually come back to where we were in we a conversation. You, you, you don't just we? have you just have to hang on long enough. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but you know, um, I think that it that when you talk about all that stuff, I think that the the issue that I have is that your fundamental belief, what it seems to be, your fundamental belief is that life is fair, and I think that. But I mean, like, like if you're like, well, that's cheating, um, and I'd rather win with honor. And I know life than, is not fair. I right, I, I know then that. What but is I have cheating? To... Then what does that mean? Like, if if the game is not fair, then how do you cheat? Fuck. I I guess it's a matter of. I think we talked about this, and I think I even quoted Pulp Fiction when I was talking about pride. Fuck pride. That's pride fucking with you. Um, you know, say something comes of me. And then getting found out, like, hey, uh, notice you got a lot of bots on your Twitter feed and that you did, like, I, I don't know, embarrassment? The idea that this is what I did to get somewhere is that I, well, I mean, right. that's why I say I should do it is because just to get past that initial, you know, fuck pride. That's pride fucking with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think don't know. it is. I think it is pride fucking with you. But let, let me give you, let, all right, so you watch this. Watch this, people. Those of you who have been following us for a while are going to be really impressed in a minute, okay? Let's tie this back into uh, Me Too, Harvey Weinstein, who has the right to say blah, 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 right? That we were talking about two weeks ago, right? For you regular listeners, you'll know what I mean, right? Okay. What you mean is you'll say, who has the right to talk? We were talking the Me Too movement and... Yeah. Uh, you had questioned whether or not men could talk about it, and I questioned right. it too. But I also went past it, saying, "I think we do because Absolutely. we're human." I mean, anyway, so right. tie and, and, it back and, and, in, and it is our problem, right? It's our problem and their problem, and it's going to take both of us to fix it. We're going to have to do some talking. We're going to have to do a lot of listening. Also, we're probably going to have Agreed. to do more listening than talking, but we're going to have to talk. Also, it can't just be about listening. It's just not because it needs to be a dialogue, not a set of orders. You know what I mean? Um, but maybe a set of orders. I don't know. What do I know? But all right. So here's what I think. I think if you have a situation where you look at these this rampant amount of abuse, right? This rampant amount of abuse happens in situations where the way that people advance is guarded by a handful of people, right? Like if you're talking about – let's talk about something like medicine, Right? talking about medicine if you're a brilliant doctor like legitimately brilliant and you're doing some great work that work is not held up by the thoughts or opinions of one person right there's right i mean you can apply that to a lot of things sports look look at look at michael vick or domestic abuse like you serve your time but if you can produce they will put you back on the playing field no matter what yeah, because, right, the the way that he got to be where he is is with that same character trait that led him to do the other shit he did. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, theoretically, right, that same thing. But whatever it is, like, you, in the entertainment world and in places like that, you live in a world in which one guy, Harvey Weinstein, literally controls your fate. Literally 
controls your fate, right? You're here. You are. You're an actor. You've been studying. You studied in high school. You went to college. You did a whole bunch of stuff. You paid your dues. You've done three dozen commercials and three European films and this bullshit in Canada and this other thing in Australia. And now you have an opportunity to star in a movie next to Brad Pitt. And that guy goes, give me a hand job. And you think to yourself, well, I could give him a hand job and my whole life will change in a way that is so profound that I cannot even comprehend it. Or I can say yes to that Tide commercial, right? When you have one person or a handful of people who can make those kinds of decisions, they can affect people's lives so greatly, you are going to have abuses of power and you're going to have people who will flat out, no matter what, give that hand job to get ahead. And can you blame them? 20 years of waiting tables and some guy says, yeah, you give me a hand job and I'll make you a star. And you're like, no, I'm going to go back and put on my my comfortable, ugly shoes so I can walk around for eight hours slinging drinks and carrying trays. And when I tell people that I act, they go, ha ha, what restaurant do you work at? Ha ha. You know what I mean? Or I can give this guy a hand job and stand at be in a movie next to fucking Brad Pitt. It's like it's not, the, you know, really fair, not fair. What? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're functioning in a world in which your rise to success is not based on your talent. It is not a meritocracy. You can pretend that comedy and music and art and stuff is somehow based on your ability. But you and I both know that's not true. So, Oh, absolutely. It, I know it's not so, true, yeah. Like, so, like, we can sit here and pretend that this is, like, a fair, even, equitable, like, evenly distributed sense of things, right? Like, but it's not true. It's like... It's okay, well, hold on. Let me interrupt you. Where is this going? Because I already said that I know it's not fair. That does make me angry. But I would rather go down in flames on principle but than be... what is be... the principle, I guess? That's the real question. What principle are you talking about? I guess it's about? what you can live with. I guess it's but what when... you, your personal... We're going back to pride again. It's a matter of, do I want to pay someone to set up fake Twitter robots for me well, to retweet my shit I mean, so it becomes maybe, popular? Then maybe that's not what you do. Maybe you don't, you don't get a bot to do that. Maybe you hire a person. You go down to the local business school and get yourself an intern who's really internet savvy and get them to sit in chat rooms and talk about you until people follow you. And you well, pay It's the them. same thing. I'm saying I don't know that I, I mean, want to take any path like that. And, that I, and or, I get that that stymies me. I, that's what I'm learning to accept. And maybe I'm not happy with it, but well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I think that what you're saying is perfectly reasonable. Here's my, my, my opinion is this, right? If you're and like I said, I, it's not set that. in stone. I, I'm not saying, like, well, this is the way I'm always going to do it. I'm just saying, like, and I'm not happy about it. I'm not saying I'm happy, like, like you, know, you know what? I'm squaring my shoulders, and I'm going to do it right. I'm saying, fuck, I I think I kind of want to do it right. And and I, mean, well, I don't know how right? I feel about that. I don't know that. what right means. Neither that, do I. That's, that's, the, I that's the failings of the English language is that's what I, that's what you, you, that's the word that we have in front of us. Right, because like, I don't, I don't. Right, because we talk about, you know, right and fair and fair and balanced news and, you know. But, you know, like, I guess what I, what I would say is if you're not going to do that, 
it doesn't matter how you get there. It matters to you how you get there. And it matter and you're right. It does matter to some people how you get there. Many people ultimately, right? So if the end result is you need whatever number of Twitter followers, then you need them. So figure out a way to get them that works for you. Maybe you have to get them. Maybe when you're at when you're after you sign off at a show, like I used when I played in uh in a band. Ah, whatever, I'll say her. I name think here. that's what you're hitting on is is I have to be better at Twitter. Right. Like that's that's right. literally all it is. Right. Like, I mean, when I played I played in this band called Red Sahara, a really fun band for a long time with this woman named Sabrina, who is a phenomenal singer and a, a brilliant songwriter, this. right? She's fantastic, right? But one of the things that she would say is um, we'd finish a, a show and people would be taking pictures and video and stuff. And she would say, you know, you see all you people out there taking pictures and recording without our permission. And then everybody would get that like look on their face like they got caught. And she'd go, keep that shit up. We like it. Share that stuff with your friends. No, really, right now. I want to see you guys all got your phones in your hands anyway. Type in Red Sahara on Facebook and follow us right now. Right now, I'm not going to start singing until you do it. Right? And then and it would be funny. And then she go, and if you're going to take some pictures and shoot some video, please send it to us. We like to see what you guys see. So please find my like email that. address. Send I do it the nice guy me. version of that, like any comic, like at the end, like, hey, follow me on Twitter, follow me or whatever. But people are drunk and they leave and that's it. Yeah. So. No, yeah, she's just like, fuck that, do that shit right now. Like, you're here, you like it, like us. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, there it is, right? Like, it's a little bit more aggressive, but that's what, but that ties into what I'm talking about, right? Being able to summon up the necessary aggression you need, and maybe not call it aggression, call it assertiveness, call it whatever word you want to call it, but you know what I mean. Calling up whatever that is that would give you the, the, whatever you need to say to those people who are listening right there and cracking up and laughing. Hey guys, before I leave, pull out your phones. No, seriously, right now, pull them out and make a joke about it. Make it fun. Well, you know what I need to do is I need to do that during the check drop. And I see checks go down and people are already fucking doing math and using the calculator on their phone. Yeah. That's where I need to do it is right there. Right. Or right before the checks are going to come out so that they're not overwhelmed. (laughs) Right, because right, you have to time it right because people don't want to be overwhelmed either, right? But, but, or maybe after a big laugh or find a way to make it a joke. Find a way to get everybody to pull out their phones as a joke. Find something in there that is funny. Find some way to make it there. And then while their phones are out, they might as well do this. Do you know what I mean? Like it might take some thought on your part in kind of crafting some way to make it work. But listen, how many gigs do you do a year? 300 200 jesus christ you haven't you have 200 dates to figure it out this year i'm sure do you know what i mean like you'll be fine you know you'll figure it out but i think that's what it is right like i think that like i don't want to get all like existentially on us on on us now because i think we're way too old to start becoming start quoting Satra, Sarti, how do you pronounce Satra? How do you pronounce his name? Right, him and Kierkegaard. Like, we can start quoting them now, but it just seems a little bit stupid because we're not 22 smoking weed out of a bong in your dorm room. But I think that there is something to be said for, like, the existentialist ideas of, like, at the end of the day, most of your life can't be contained by reason 
and you have to start dealing with some shit that is completely subjective about you and the way that you navigate your life. You know what I mean? No, I don't know enough about existentialism to really talk about it because so I could be totally off the mark, but that's kind of what my belief about it. Same thing with the Stoics. Like if you read like some of the Stoic stuff, they talk about like, listen, at the end of the day, it's really about personal responsibility. Like, listen, you have this life to live. This is your fucking life. And you want to do something about it, do something. By the same token that there is a serial killer in you, there's also a philanthropist, a Mother Teresa type, and all kinds of other stuff. There's also a groundbreakingly, amazingly world-famous comic, too. Do you know what I mean? He's in You're there You're making also. me think of a... a, a oh shit, there was an article I read about parenting where they compared kids to... Um, God, like flowers in the garden or just a garden itself? Sure. And like what sections are you going to water or... Or something like that. What do you, do you tend to? I, I. But either way, yeah. Every everything you have inside you is a garden. Like, yeah. are you gonna water the psychopathic killer, or are you gonna, you know, just sort of let that one starve? Are you gonna add sunlight to the generous side of you? Are you going to encourage the loving side of you? It's all in there. What do you want to, you know? But here's the thing. Here's where I think it gets kind of interesting for me. I think all of those characters are necessary. Like for a well-balanced diet, you kind of need to eat everything in the garden, right? Like the part of you that is the serial killer is the part of you that has the balls to tell people, demand that people take out their phones, fucking like your shit, make them laugh, make them do it, right? And then they laugh about it. It's that part of you way out of control. It's the same part. It's just way out of control when it becomes a serial killer. But when it's just used tempered normally, like a reasonable person would use assertiveness and all kinds of other shit, it's just a normal defense, right? Being, allowing, negotiating with your friends, right? Friendships are negotiations, right? We negotiate that we're going to talk a certain number of hours a week. We don't negotiate it, you know, verbally, but we we do. It's just... We just have negotiated that we are important enough for each other to make time, right? But if that gets out of control, if one of us starts taking advantage of our friendship in one way or the other, that shit gets way out of control, right? If one person isn't negotiating properly, it's a real problem, right? And I think that that's kind of how life is. Like, all those things are in you. Well, just I'm going to interrupt you right there. Yes. To say we've been talking a while and we are probably oh, taking advantage of oh. any listener that has tolerated <laughs> our bullshit to this point. And it was a contract when you started listening yeah. that at some point we would shut the fuck up and stop blathering on with our, oh, these two fucking whiny cunts with their problems. Oh, I'm a musician trying to figure myself out. Oh, I'm a comedian that's not as popular as he wants to be. Wah, wah. So maybe we should use this point to, to, to apologize to our listeners for blathering on and on and honor our contract to just shut the fuck up. Indeed, we should set timers. Or I should. Did we did we accomplish anything? <laughs> did we solve the world's problems, or at I least mean, our own personal know, ones? I, I listen. I think Maybe. that this stuff is helpful to people who are like us. I, again, as you say, we're not that special, right? Like, I think that 
the problems that we have are the problems that everybody has. <laughs> I don't think we're unique and special in our problems. So I think And if you have insights, you know I mean? fucking contact us and yeah, tell us what please. we're doing wrong because yeah, well, we are here to listen yeah, we'll as well as we are here to to bullshit. So yeah, we'll, we'll interview you. We'll have you on the show. It'll be great. Yes. <laughs> All right. AntarGoodwin.com, NathanTimmel.com. If for some reason you do enjoy our musings and our ramblings, tell your friends, hey, these two guys uh, yammer on, but they say some interesting shit. So spread the podcast <laughs> around and uh, say nice things about us online. All right. Take care. <laughs>